Welcome, market participants, to another Three Things in Credit. I'm Van Hesser, Chief Strategist at KBRA. Each week, we bring you three things impacting credit markets that we think you should know about. We've reached the middle of August and the traditional slowdown in the bond market. I don't have to tell you, it's been busy. We could all use a little relief from the relief rally. But before you head off to the beach, here's our latest three things. One, where did the recession go? Here's a clue. It continues to lurk in the shadows. Two, falling energy prices. Be careful what you wish for. And three, goods versus services. The mix in the economy does not bode well for corporate earnings. All right, let's dig a bit deeper. At the risk of using a hackneyed cliche, Wayne Gretzky's skate to where the puck is going, not where it has been, seems to be good advice regarding the investing landscape at the moment. Ever since the June CPI print, which I would distill down to the price of gas peaking, risk has been on a roll. CPI, ah, the price of gas, has moderated. PPI has moderated. Corporate earnings growth has held up. Job growth has been abundant, at least in the establishment survey, if not the household survey. And financial conditions have eased. Now, since mid-June, stocks are up 13%. High-yield credit spreads have tightened 174 basis points. The 10-year Treasury yield has fallen 69 basis points. The VIX is back down around 20. The Atlanta Fed GDP Now estimate for Q3 is plus 2.5%. It doesn't sound like a recession. And even the preliminary University of Michigan Consumer Sentiment Survey for August blew away estimates to the upside. So where is the puck headed? As we've said often, there are powerful cross-currents in these uncharted waters, starting with the Fed tightening cycle. Remember, recessions typically happen after the Fed stops tightening. In this case, it's just getting going, and the relevant historical guidepost here, the thing policymakers must avoid, is Paul Volcker's double-dip recession back in 1979 and 1981. So don't take your foot off the brake until you know inflation has been defeated. And for what it's worth, labor markets typically don't weaken until the tightening cycle is well underway. That's the point, right? To weaken demand. And corporate defaults rise when times get tough and liquidity dries up. As we discussed last week, the timing of any recession from our perspective is into 2023. It won't be until then that we feel the brunt of the Fed's tightening cycle, something that includes not only hiking rates dramatically, but also running down the Fed's massive balance sheet and the knock-on effect of a strong dollar. Clues telling us where the puck is headed include services and manufacturing surveys, such as this week's cold water release from New York's Empire Manufacturing Survey, consumer expectations, and initial jobless claims. And of course, inflation updates. All right, on to our second thing. Beware of falling energy prices. Wasn't it just a month or so ago that we were worried about an energy spike? Russia was the culprit as it has weaponized oil and gas in its war against Ukraine. But recently, it is impossible not to notice that the opposite has happened, at least in terms of oil. WTI has fallen back to pre-war level, sub $90 a barrel, from a March high of $124 a barrel. Same story with Brent, now at $93 a barrel, 
down from its war-era high of $128 a barrel. Oil is a tricky one to weigh pros and cons. Lower oil prices clearly are beneficial to the economy, boosting sentiment and unleashing consumer spending and lowering commercial production and transportation costs. But in a case of good news is bad news, falling oil prices can signal slowing global growth. And in credit markets, slowing growth tends to trump benefits to the consumer and businesses. That clearly was the case back in 2014 and 15, when slowing growth, especially in China and Europe, combined with an oversupply situation to drive the price of oil down 75%, which in turn caused investment-grade credit spreads to spike from 97 basis points in mid-2014 to 215 basis points by Q1 2016. Today, we have slowing growth in China and Europe, but it's being met not with an oversupply problem, but just the opposite, as questions surround production and distribution during wartime. But safe to say there are reasons to be concerned about what the downdraft in oil prices is signaling. Keep an eye on it. All right, on to our third thing, goods versus services. A couple of data points to set the stage. The U.S. economy is roughly 70% services. Earnings in the S&P 500 are roughly 65% goods. Services, judging by ISM's services PMI, remains firmly in expansionary territory, having ticked up in July to 56.7. Remember, anything above 50 indicates expansion. Goods, however, is moving in the other direction, based on ISM's manufacturing PMI, which in July hit its lowest point since the spring of 2020 at 52.8. The goods story is well known at this point. A lot of helicopter money dropped in the pandemic was spent on things you could spend on, namely goods, because a lot of services simply were not available. It naturally follows that goods demand would fall off eventually, as there's a limit to how many things you want or need. We see evidence of this now in the form of inventories that have built up in warehouses and on retailer shelves. We bring this up because corporate earnings, the thing on which most risk assets sit, are facing a headwind not only from higher input costs that figure to eat away at historically high margins, but also because of the goods-services mix, at least in terms of the most visible universe of firms, the S&P 500. That's where its goods-heavy mix is likely to show weakness over the near term. Strip away the contribution from energy, which has accounted for all and then some of the universe's recent growth, and then factor in post-COVID effects on goods producers and the thing on which risk assets sit is becoming less stable. So there you have it. Three things in credit. One, where did the recession go? Don't let the rally fool you. Give the Fed tightening time to bite. Two, falling energy prices. On balance, it tends not to be good for credit. And three, goods versus services. The mix of the two in the economy does not bode well for corporate earnings. As always, thanks for joining us. Don't forget to check in on KBRA.com for our latest research and ratings reports. For me, time to recharge for a bit with some time off. We'll see you back in a couple of weeks.